Knowing that I'm not getting better at all areas of my life at the same time is frustrating. The other, I would say, hardest point of, or biggest sacrifice that I, I made over the over the course of, of starting this business um, was ultimately I broke up with my girlfriend. And ultimately I wasn't able to have enough time to be a, a good boyfriend. And that was really, really sad because I had prioritised the business to such a point. Welcome to this week's episode of Stride to Glory podcast. I hope you are having a good time. I hope you're getting the training in. Today is a fantastic episode. I'm joined by Ben Parker, ex-personal trainer turned running tech company co-founder. We actually had such a good discussion when we met in the podcast studio that we could have spoken for hours on end and I could have kept asking Ben so many questions. So I've decided to break this episode up into two parts. So this episode will be part one where we get to know Ben, we understand his background, his aspirations and we learn how he founded Runner, his tech company. And then in part two, we're going to be talking all about how Ben manages to juggle a serious athletic career alongside his professional career with lots of great tips for how you can do the same and apply the type of mindset which enables Ben to train super hard while also achieving fantastic things in his professional career. So stay tuned, some really, really great episodes. Let's get stuck in. So welcome to this week's episode of Stride to Glory. Really, really pleased to have Ben Parker here with us. This is an episode which I've been really, really excited about and I deliberately invited Ben specifically to join the podcast because he has an incredibly inspirational background. He has a very interesting story to tell and I'm really, really excited to hear what he has to share with us today to help us all build resilience and he's going to talk to us about his experience in Starting off as a personal trainer, he worked for a number of health clubs. He worked for British Military Fitness, if that's correct. Yep. And he's been around the block helping people left, right and centre build a better physical and mental self. And he is an incredible athlete, a very serious athlete. So I believe your marathon personal best is two hours and 34 minutes, if that's correct? Yep. That is a serious time right there. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's probably more serious when you think that I was, I think, probably 97 kilos at the time. So wow! If there was a, a weight handicapped marathon, I would be up there. Or, or do you mean you have to bench press one forty and then run a marathon? I think I'd be, I'd be up there. But do you mean there's people who run much, much faster than I do? But, um, but no, I think that's probably my best, best running accolade. That one. And which marathon was that? Well, that was actually London um, in 2020, so the year of COVID. Wow! Um, so do you mean I'd been been training for this as it's probably the best running form I'd, I'd ever been in. Um, and also before runner that we'll go on to talk about, which does slightly get in the way of, of training as hard and, as much as I'd like. Um, but you I mean, the race was cancelled. Um, they announced that you could do it virtually. Um, and I thrive in a race atmosphere. The adrenaline of, of everyone around me helps so much. Um, so I basically thought, how can I replicate as much of that in the lockdown as, as possible? I mean, we were allowed out and doing meeting with, I think, probably six friends at a time. So it wasn't full, full lockdown. Um, and I also knew I wanted a, a course as flat as London Marathon. So um, even my, my local running track had been closed and I'd used the Richmond Green, which is an 800 meter kind of square um, of just parked cars round, round, round Richmond Green. Uh, and I'd use that for loads of my training, for all my interval reps and basically two, one lap was the same as two laps of the track. Um, and so I decided to do 52 laps to do the marathon, um, which um, I think I started at 6.30 in the pouring rain in early October. Um, and I had 
different friends joining me for different sections and none of them could run at the pace that I wanted to run at do you mean continuously so they were doing their kind of 800 meter reps they would miss a lap run a lap miss a lap run a lap um some would do you mean cycle with me for 10k and played music out of a speaker and then i had on the roof of my car that was parked on the course um i had um my water bottles and i had a, a energy drink and i had my energy gels there as well so it meant that i had access to all the nutrition i wanted it meant that i had a flat course and i also had a psychological boost every three minutes um, so I think I got as close as I could do to creating the atmosphere of London Marathon in a lockdown. Um, I'm doing London for the first time in real life uh, this April ahead. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that and actually had a, a very interesting conversation with the, the chairman of London Marathon today. Um, so there's, um, yeah, I think it should be a really, that was, that was kind of the backstory of London Marathon then. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing if I can get back into the best running form I've ever been in and, and beat that time. Um, and do it in front of the crowds and in front of my friends in London, which I think would be an amazing, amazing race. I looked, really enjoyed cheering on all of our customers and all of our, all of our runners um, back in October this year. Um, so I'm hoping that I can join them and, and do my best run of my life that day anyway. Awesome. Well, tell the chairman that Stride and Glory didn't get a ballot place. So uh, oh, no. I'm very upset about that. So you drop in a word for me. But let's just not let's just dwell on that for a little bit. The fastest fridge you've ever seen running a two hour thirty four two hours and thirty four minute marathon at ninety seven kg. Yeah. Well, I, that is phenomenal. Do you know, what? I um I couldn't apply this year for a good parade or a championship place because despite because all of the official marathons I'd done had been inside Ironmans this year, so to then get a qualifying time to then enter the good for age which you have to go sub three which i can kind of do without worrying too much i basically signed up a week before the close of the ballot and went to one of run throughs goodwood marathons which is seven laps of goodwood tracks so clearly a theme yeah. of running boring laps basically <laughs> um and and knew i had to run sub three so ran exactly 255 um and then was able to use that to qualify me for next year fantastic um, so yeah i would say if don't don't rely on the ballot and you have to do a good for age qualifying time if you want to uh want to kind of cut the queue yeah for sure oh wow fantastic well little caveat so obviously very very serious marathon runner with a fantastic personal best which obviously is going to try and beat you are an ultra runner as well i saw on your instagram that you did the sri lanka 250 kilometers in five days is that correct the yeah track? yeah exactly i am um, i guess i've um i've coached so many people to do ultra marathons over the years um, and in the middle of the lockdown, again, one of um, the Ironman I was meant to do in a particular year was cancelled as well. So on the day of the Ironman, I basically set out and ran as far as I could. I live right by Richmond Park and I do a lot of my training there. It's an 11 kilometre loop. Um, so at 4am one day, I just ran as many loops as I could. I'd never ran beyond a marathon um, and just kept going for, I think, 11 laps of Richmond Park, which was 128k. Um, and kind of thought, actually, I can do this ultramarathon stuff, despite being an Ironman, which is kind of what I, I focus most of my fitness towards. Um, I thought there's no reason why, if I can run a marathon after cycling for five, six hours, there's no reason why I can't um, run for much longer than a marathon. And I, I just, I think I ran that day for something like 17 hours. Um, and yeah, then went from there, I've done a few kind of single day uh, ultramarathons. And then my girlfriend and I, and also 10, 10 of our, runners from 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 the business um and customers of ours um went all signed up for sri lanka 250 kilometers over five days which was epic um and a completely unique experience i think doing a multi-day ultra marathon is something that you can never imagine what it will kind of how it will be until you do it mm. like the nature of 
everyone there is doing the exact same thing. You're all camping together. You're all going through the same hurdles and psychological challenges. Even if someone's finishing in four hours and someone's finishing in eight, you've all pushed your hardest that day and you get to the camp exhausted and you've got to eat dried food and stink, sleep in a stinky tent with sweaty <laughs> other people. Um, you obviously see the stinkiest of them all. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I felt yeah, very bad for my, my campmates. Um, and I also never snore, but somehow I just snored that. Oh, whole, okay. that whole Imagine week. after all those miles. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, no, it was that, that was an amazing experience. My girlfriend, actually, who, who had trained with us as well, went on to win it, which was oh, wow. very cool. Um, yeah, place, but yeah, yeah. I, like, I would say that I'm, I'm predominantly an Ironman um, who will do ultramarathons as a fun kind of activity in between the Ironmans which are the main focus. Brilliant awesome and of course you just got back from Utah 70.3 world championships tell us how it went. Yeah no I uh, exactly so um, I actually got back the day before yesterday so I'm definitely definitely jet lagged um, and probably big bags under my eyes after a big day at work as well um, but no it was uh, super super amazing to be basically at the atmosphere of the world championships and do you mean I'm nowhere near good enough to finish do you mean the front front bunch of, of my age group, let alone of, of everyone there? Um, but it was amazing to um, kind of soak up the atmosphere and just be racing alongside so many amazing athletes. Um, and very luckily, I've already qualified for next year's World Champs as well. So hopefully I can uh, fare a little better. It was very hilly, which being a, a heavier heavier athlete doesn't help. Um, was that so for the cycle and the run or both? Both basically. Both. So it was over a thousand meters for the 90k cycle, which is oh, relatively wow. hilly yeah. for a, for a half Ironman. And then the run was essentially five kilometers straight uphill, um, to a golf course, run around a bumpy golf course, straight back down the hill. Um, so you're basically going downhill to where you started mm. back down a little bit further until you get the halfway point and then, um, all the way back up for a second lap. Wow. Um, so yeah, very, very much hillier than I'd have hoped. So I did a, I think I did 122 for my half marathon in an iron, in a half Ironman, um, I don't know, four weeks ago. Um, I did, I think 135. So it just goes That's to show still how, impressive. Much, how much, yeah. how much slower I was off essentially very similar fitness. Yeah. Um, and do you mean nothing really changed except the course. So I think that shows quite how hilly and tough it was. Yeah. Um, I'm sure other people maybe didn't slow down as much because of the hills, but um, but yeah, being a 95 kilo bloke now is probably uh, slightly suboptimal. So it's very much um, a plan for the winter and for the new year to make sure I get a little lighter and, <laughs> and, and hopefully that will help me get back to a peak running form and, and, and improve some of my Ironman times as well. Yeah, well, what made me laugh so much is that video that you posted and it looked edited. And for reference, this video was Ben running down the finishing straight, is that mm. correct, of the half Ironman? And you were running so fast compared to all the other athletes. Uh, it looked like you'd edited yourself to run at like five times speed. It yeah. Ridiculous. Well, there's a little <laughs> bit of a caveat, which is that um, I didn't edit it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I started at 9 a.m. The pros started at 7.30 and then they would alternate a fast age group and a slow age group. So that way, um, do you mean if, imagine if my age, a, a very similar ability age group started right before us we swim quickly you can kind of cycle along with them and and get the benefit of that age group so they put an old age group in between the young age groups to try and like mean that you won't bridge from my group of 25 25 to 29 up to the do you mean 30 to 34 athletes mm. so i'm probably overtaking a bunch of 70 80 year olds finishing <laughs> um so it probably makes my speed look relatively faster than it was um but I, I, but i also just like i i love iron man enormously like i guess my life is centered around work like being a like a boyfriend and a good friend and then 
nailing my own fitness, of which Ironman is my like focus of that. So it's like doing 33% of my entire life. Um, and the finish lines of any Ironman marathons is just the most exciting thing. And somehow I just get an enormous surge of energy. Um, and if you, I mean, I know you've done one, but doing an Ironman, they make a big song and dance at the finish line. Mm. The red carpets, it's just something else um, that if I show you a few other videos of me finishing the various Ironmans I've done, I think even some of them might be even more silly. <laughs> uh, I finished my first Ironman in 2018, handstand walking down the finish line. Really? Um, wow. So, uh, I, I, I don't want to waste any time with a handstand Well, I suppose now. it makes sense because um, after an Ironman, your legs are just done. So well, might, not, might as well just handstand it. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, 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 a cool way to finish. But at the same time, now I'm like, I want every second. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but no, I mean, with, with this one, I, I ran so fast through the finish line that I then couldn't stop in time to receive my medal. So, do you mean, I was then ushered off to like kind of go and get the, the drinks and the pizza. I had to walk myself back and be like, no, 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 I don't want to miss out on getting my medal. <laughs> yeah. Finish um, his photo was just a blur. <laughs> yeah, no, so it, yeah, no, it was, uh, was silly. But honestly, I love love finishing an Ironman more than anything. It's You just get an enormous wave of energy. Awesome. Um, I yeah. guess that must be the competitiveness in me. Yeah, 100%. So background as a personal trainer, serious athlete and then more recently co-founder of a corporation and we'll get into what that was it started off as a run buddy is that correct yep and now it's called runner which is spelled r-u-n-n-a we're going to get into the deep dark depths of all of this in a bit more detail but first to start we're going to start with a light-hearted opener so my question to you uh is if you could have any superpower what would it be and what would you do with it I think, I mean, a very selfish superpower. Um, I would probably want the ability to either never need to sleep to basically have more time mm -hmm. or to never get injured. Okay. Um, so do you mean I could, in theory, train my hardest and know that there's no risk of getting injured? Okay. Um, yeah. Do you mean I can work too hard, still have a bit of a social life, and know that I'm I'm always going to recover and avoid getting injured. That would be the the kind of magical ability that that I want to have. Yeah. Um, and it's very frustrating being short on time and wanting to nail my performance um, and know that actually sleep is something that is so important, but it's hard to to fit in fit in everything at the same time. So yeah, I think I would take take some kind of magical rec recovery ability. Okay, awesome. So very practical superpower. It wouldn't be like invisibility, so you could prank people. Well, I. I, <laughs> yeah. I you know, I, 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 as a as a as a runner, and in this context, I think it would be that. And I think in terms of like, do you mean semi-realistic superpowers? Obviously, if I could make a superpower, It'd just be a walking you finishes like, medal. Well, if I could magically make everyone in the world healthy, happy, and do you mean remove any death and any disease, that would be a better superpower. Um, but I guess it's also a pretty boring answer. Um, so yeah, as a as a runner, it would be to guarantee that I could never get injured. Sure. Okay. Cool. Well, that makes sense. Well. I like the answer to that question. Yeah, very practical. Okay, awesome. So that was our lighthearted opener. We'll get stuck into the main body of the podcast. So we mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, Ben is a co-founder of a company called Runner, uh, which started off as the Run Buddy. So just tell us a little bit about your journey. You've already touched upon some of these points, um, but just talk to us, give us an overview yeah. of where it began and how you became a co-founder of Runner. Yeah, so... Um I'm 26 now. I went to university um, 
and studied geography. Both my parents went to Oxford and their kind of vision for their children was nail, nail school, go get an academic um, degree and go get a job in the city. Um, so went, went into geography and immediately knew that fitness was my calling, did absolutely no work, came home in the Christmas holidays of my, my first term um, and told my, my family that um, I was going to go into fitness. I was going to become a personal trainer as soon as I graduate um, and you mean, hopefully run a big gym one day. And that was the kind of the vision um, of which my parents didn't like it. And my mum's kind of fake supportive reaction was, um, or not even supportive, was kind of a bit after a silence was that's fine we'll cut your allowance you get used to being poor um and do you mean I, I d didn't care i do you mean ran the lacrosse club in my final year at uni um and then went on on the day of of finishing my degree went on to start qualifying as personal trainer i even missed my graduation because i was in the middle of kind of pt school um as soon as i graduated then i um, sure it just wasn't because you couldn't navigate uh to uh well, I couldn't, couldn't, geography and <laughs> couldn't, couldn't find the the graduation no no i <laughs> <laughs> wish that wish that that was the case um but yeah so then i kind of came out of uni became a personal trainer straight away and the first business that i started working with um i, I was a keen runner at the time um was actually run by an ex-pro runner um and so he had a few kind of regular pt clients but also he had a few special running running coaching clients um and because he knew at the time i could run a i think it was a 128 half marathon at 21 um so as a result i um would take some of them for their sessions on the track a few kind of pro pro boxers and, and other cool people like that i was pushing them for their sessions and and pacing them so i kind of started to to shape myself within the pt spectrum a bit more running focused i then went out to work in Greece for two years and ran the fitness department at a five-star hotel, um, which is where I accidentally became an online running coach in a way. So I mean, we'd have all these kind of lovely, amazing guests coming and staying at this, this hotel. And I would lead the morning kind of running sessions for the hotel guests and lead all the strength sessions and um, also manage the bike, bike team and, and all sorts. Um, and some of these customers you mean, would come and they would want to know what sessions they should do while they're there. And I you mean, I'd recommend them to them and join them on a few and they'd go home and I had one amazing customer or one amazing friend at the time who kind of said, I've got this half marathon in four weeks, what shall I do? And I just kind of messaged her on Facebook and told her the sessions to go on to do. Um, and she did did the goal she wanted and told me like, how much do I owe you? Um, to which I, I kind of said, oh, I was helping you out for free. Like, don't worry about it. And she insisted on paying and said, name a price. So I said, okay, well just pay me 20 quid. Um, and because I coached her for four weeks, she then wired me 80 quid. Um, and at the same time, I was, I mean, I was like, this is fantastic. Um, but also, um, it was, was a bit shocked. She then went on to recommend two more of her friends who wanted to train with me. So I accidentally basically started running an online coaching service. Um, I came back from my time in Greece and set up my own personal training business. So I was coaching people um, in person. I started working for three gyms, leading different classes and um, British military fitness, leading outdoor group stuff, all as a way to um, expose myself to more people to coach one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. um, and also more online customers. Um, and over the kind of 18 months ahead, I built myself up to coaching 40 online clients and, and also having my in-person coaching business. Um, and one of the guys I coached online was a friend back from university to do his, to do a faster 5k um, and then to help him for his first marathon. Um, and this is my friend, friend from uni, Dom. He was working at McKinsey, um, product Tom's manager. the other co-founder. Right? Yeah, exactly. So um, working at McKinsey, kind of the smartest guy I knew, um, and also the second of my friends to suggest automating 
the running coaching that I was doing. Um, and the other friend, um, they're probably equal, the two smartest people I know. The other one was busy um, running his own startup and helping kind of um, treat people in the US with obesity. Um, and so when kind of Dom came to me with this idea, I, I knew, do you mean the two smartest people I've known kind of thinking about this idea, I had to, um, had to explore it. Um, so on a Monday evening, Dom and I kind of zoomed because it was the middle of lockdown and, and started kind of exploring the idea. Um, and we would spend our Monday evenings working on the initial engine behind what, what is now Runner. Uh, Monday evenings became Monday and Thursdays and they became every night of the week for about nine months um, until we were in a position in March of last year, so March of 2021, when we launched the business that was called The Run Buddy. Mm -hmm. And it was a website where you come onto the website, you can select one of three, you could at the time select one of three goals. You could select an eight-week 5K plan, you could select a 12-week half marathon plan or a 16-week marathon plan. Um, you would tell us all about your um, kind of your ability as a runner, how far you go, how fast you could go, what your schedule looked like. Um, and with all of this information, we ran it through this very complex engine that I have no idea how it works. Um, and it would populate exactly what I used to spend hours writing for people and charging a fortune for. Um, so I used to charge £100 a month as, a, mm -hmm. as an online coach. Um, we, we decided to charge this for £5 a week. Um, so £20 a month, um, five times cheaper than what we were doing before. Um, and it just went really well. Um, by May, so two months after launching it, Dom and I had quit our jobs. So Dom had left McKinsey um, and was working now full time uh, on the business um, without a salary. Um, I also was kind of reining back my PT income, left all the, the gyms and the group, group stuff I was doing and would slowly wind down the online customers I had and really try and push them over to, to the run buddy, um, which was very frightening because we launched the business in March and in February I bought my house <laughs> with a mortgage. So to kind of like do you mean build up my own PT business and my own um, do you mean self-employed income to a position where I could buy a house to then immediately start ramping down that income was very frightening. Um, and for that year ahead, um, I would say that things were like very, very unsustainable. They're probably no more sustainable now, my, my girlfriend would probably say. Um, but um, but yeah, it was it was a really kind of like full on but amazing year at the same time um, from um, March when we launched through to December, we helped, I think, 1,300 runners selling 1,500 plans. Um, we also kind of then kind of knew that this was something that we couldn't not explore further. So we went on to um, raise a crowdfund, which is kind of where you sell part of the business to anyone out there who wants to invest. Um, so we sold 11% um, of the business for 550K. Great. Um, doesn't mean that I got 275K, the money course, goes yeah. into the business. Um, and as a result, at that point, Dom and I were able to start taking a small salary. Um, so nine months of unemployed, working very hard, became um, working probably harder, but having a small salary for it. Um, and we were able to grow the team from the two of us or the three of us actually at the time um, through to a team of five. Um, and so that was just six months ago. Um, we were able to move from the website model that I mentioned over to the App Store. Um, so kind of with those hires, we were able to kind of develop the tech a bit more. Um, and so we've gone from having three plans to I think having about 20. Um, they're all led through our app. So instead of paying £5 a week um, and paying upfront, people come on, they can have a free trial, see what the app's all about. And if they love it, they can subscribe and we charge 15 99 a month or £99 mm -hmm. for the year. 
Um, and we've got people training with us in 144 different countries. Brilliant. Um, and I mean, we've had over 500 five-star reviews growing, growing really fast. And as a result, we're actually now in the process of closing our next round of funding where we're kind of raising over, over two million pounds selling more of the business. Um, but as a result, we will probably go from being a team of five currently to a team of 12 within kind of six to nine months, which is crazy and a, a huge roller coaster. Um, and during my life has changed enormously from being a PT who would be you mean, writing plans for 20 hours a week and doing 20 mm. hours of PT, if that, yeah. um, and having more than enough money as a 24 year old, um, and also having a very objectively fun and easy life to working harder than I would ever have thought anyone should work. Um, very much having to put my own personal fitness, which is that passion of that personal fitness is what do you mean got me to be able to do what I do now that has to be my secondary thought yeah otherwise this wouldn't be able to be where it is now so it's definitely been a, a huge roller coaster personally um but it is also so satisfying to know that we're helping thousands of people all over the world and they're paying what I used to charge a customer in a month mm -hmm. over a year um and the coaching is so much better um and it's so smart having it on your on your app and all of the sessions go straight to your smartphone and you can track them. I'm one of your free users. So oh, yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's just, it's just super satisfying and um, yeah, definitely hard work. And I feel exhausted chatting to you in the evening now um, after a day's work, but it's um, well, not only after a day's work, satisfying. but after coming back from the well, you know, Utah, the yeah, maybe, maybe a little so. bit of, a little bit of jet lag in there as well. But I guess the further the business gets, the smaller proportion of the output will be me. Yeah. So, do you mean when it was Dom and I working our hardest away at it, 50% of what runner was, was me. Yeah. Um, whereas now, do you mean we've got five in the business and it's probably more than 20% me because mm -hmm. Dom and I probably work a little bit more than we should. Yeah. Um, but do you mean it's, let's say it's 25% of the output of the business is me. Um, when we're a team of 12, like I might just be 10%. And as a result, I think the further time goes on, the more important it will be to I mean, manage everyone else and do a super good job of that. But actually what I will, that my direct output will be a smaller portion of the business, which I think means over time, I'm sure I won't be able to say this in five years time, but I think over time I'll get to be able to have a slightly better balance with the business. I think yeah. the startup phase, um, do you mean when you're working away to make sure that this business survives, um, it's just relentless. is relentless. Yeah. Um, and I mean like, over that first nine months, um, my sister was living in, in, my, in my little house that I just bought. Um, and initially I was PTing from 6am, probably a 6am, 7am and 8am slot. Would drive home and then work on, on the run buddy up until lunch. I'd take a running client at lunchtime, work on it till 6pm and then do PT in the evening. Um, so I was probably working 45 hours a week on, on the run buddy, um, now runner doing my own PT business, which was called Ben Park Fitness at the time. And my sister would present me with a meal at the desk like two or three times a day. Um, and Great that was sister. that was my life. And yeah, and like, she's fantastic. And actually now she works an hour, an hour a day on the business and helps us with some customer service and a few kind of odd jobs and bits and bobs just for extra like hands on deck. Um, but yeah, I think it was very unsustainable at that point in time. Yeah, It's been unsustainable for the last few months as we've been raising our next round of funding. Um, but it's also very, very satisfying at the same time. And I think um, 
yeah i mean like when we when we get a review or when we get someone feeding back to us that you I mean they've never met us but we've managed to build an automated business that feels like a personalized personal coaching business someone in australia completes a marathon completes a pb and is over the moon and wants to thank us personally and they feel like they know us is really really satisfying that we've been able to help them for months mm. do something that would conventionally cost a fortune to do in in kind of do you mean a thousand pounds if you're going to coach someone for for a year let's say yeah um and to be able to do that have a huge impact on someone's life and make them fitter yes but also make them happier like we all know that exercise improves our mental health improves likelihood of our life expectancy and to know that we're building a business that makes people happier and healthier is so satisfying um and ultimately i could only coach 40 people before i ran out of time before um and now we're coaching people in more countries than i can name mm. um and i think like that makes the long days and the um i guess sacrificing my own personal fitness very much worth it yeah um and i also i'm very very motivated by my own personal fitness and i'm very confident that this will long term probably facilitate me to be even fitter in the way that um i used to run probably 12 times a week with my customers or my clients of which i did a huge mileage but i didn't do any training for me yeah whereas i think in a few years time the business is a little bit more sustainable let's say i won't do any mileage for people other than me so all of the runs that i'll do each week will be the perfect run for me and as a result do you mean i'm 26 now i might be 30 where i can train optimally and have a really good life balance um and that really excites me yeah. so i think it's a temporary cost to my fitness but i think long term it might be a a huge asset to my fitness 100 percent, yeah and that's actually one of my uh next questions but we'll get onto that in a minute how you balance your athletic career with your professional career but sounds like a bit of a whirlwind obviously crazy time for you super busy but i think the way you just described it almost i think overlooked potentially how hard i imagine that process was you know you spoke about obviously having a partner who you went to university with mm. which obviously i can imagine helps a little bit and then you both quit your jobs you um within a few months you're obviously able to buy a house and then obviously evolving from the run buddy to runner and building your team but along that journey what would you say were the standout points of being the most difficult and why and how do you feel you've handled the transition from personal trainer to essentially tech company owner mm. very much you would describe yourself very much in a similar fashion, but your role is obviously completely different. Yeah, yeah. I would say that, uh, yeah, I guess my, my role is probably manager and I call, we call me the head coach and, um, and Dom's the kind of the head of the, head of the tech side of things. Um, but yeah, I, a manager of a, of a, of a busy team. Um, I would say that, I mean, the hardest point for me probably um, well, would be two, two things. One of which is that I'm a worse runner than I was when I started the business. <laughs> which is really sad because the way I, I don't care whether I'm the best in the world at anything, I care about getting better. I care about, do you mean improving my, when I used to be obsessed with the gym, I wanted to just make my bench press stronger and do you mean be able to do more sit-ups um, and do more, do more pull-ups. Do you mean I get into running and I want to see that half marathon time come down every half marathon race I did, I wanted to get it better. Um, and I can't run as fast as I did right before we launched the business. Um, and I would say that's very hard to take, especially when there's now all this pressure that I'm the, the head coach and the, do you mean the icon to all of our customers? And I'm not 
following a plan well mm. um, because ultimately I can't. So you're placing that pressure upon yeah, yourself. Yeah, so too. I think yeah. I like, I'm sad for my own satisfaction that I want to be the best version of me and I'm not getting better at that. So that's really sad. But also then I'm, do you mean, I'm not an amazing ambassador of, the, of my own business when I'm, do you mean, not getting better every, do you mean, if I followed the plan relentlessly, I would get better. And like, funny, funny kind of anecdote of that is my older brother He's a, a big believer in in the business. He's a he's a passionate runner, um, and has followed I think about I don't know about six back to back the Run Buddy and now Runner Plans, um, and he did a thirty six minute ten k the other day. His wow. his I think his five k is now faster than I can do right now, um, and he's a testament. He's just seen his his running go like this. Um, he does a job that he doesn't care about very much and he prioritizes running much above it and as does the other things of his life. I think I care about my running more than he does, which is why my PBs are all better than him. Mm. But I can't do that right now. So I'd say that's that's the hardest thing is having to ultimately sacrifice. Um, do you mean we, we all want, like to get good at anything, you have to be able to put an enormous amount of time into that one thing relentlessly over, over time. And right now the most important thing for me is making sure that the business is a success, um, which ultimately comes ahead of my selfish desire to be a faster runner and also um, ultimately faster Ironman athlete. Um, saying that, I did manage to do my Ironman PB this year. So my Ironman performance has improved every year and that's because ultimately my running's decreased by two or 3% and my cycling has improved by 10. So I'm still training hard uh, I still run a lot and I'm cycling better than I've ever cycled. Um, but uh, yeah, having knowing that I'm not getting better at all areas of my life at the same time is frustrating. The other, I would say, hardest point of or biggest sacrifice that I, I made over the over the course of, of starting this business um, was ultimately I broke up with my girlfriend because I had no time to have a girlfriend. Um, so like I, I said earlier, like I was doing, doing my PT in the morning, working on the business and PT at lunch, PT at night. Um, I would work six days a week and in the day off I had, I also still wanted to do some training and ultimately I wasn't able to have enough time to be a, a good boyfriend. We were arguing all the time and as a result we broke up. Um, and that was really, really sad because I had prioritized the business to such a point and admittedly I had to do my old job at the same time to pay for my mortgage um, to be able to um, kind of carry on that we, we broke up. Um, a few months later, we were in enough friendship circles that we couldn't completely ignore each other that um, we ended up, do you mean, slowly kind of rekindling and I made sure that I had a better balance. Um, my balance is still not perfect, but it's, it's much better than it was. And I think I also know how important having the balances and having prioritizing my fitness enough to make sure that I'm happy, making sure that my life revolves around my friends and relationship as well, and having the business. Um, and I think ultimately, if I let those other two areas of my life completely go, I'll be rubbish at the business. And even if I like you mean I have more time for the business next week, in a month, I'll resent it so much, I probably won't be able to think straight. And there's no chance for that to be a long term successful business. Um, so I think like, yeah, knowing knowing that I kind of threw away something like that that was so fantastic for my life um, was um, is sad. Um, but I'm very lucky that she was able to um, persevere. Um, and um, I mean, she's a, a 
fantastic runner and Ironman as well. And she she won that ultramarathon in Sri Lanka that that, that I mentioned um, that we did in March. Um, and she completed her first Ironman uh, about two months ago now. So um, sounds like she's yeah. giving you a run for your money. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's the problem. Is that <laughs> do you mean she doesn't run a startup, so she's improving at a rate of knots. Her marathon. She's capitalising. Yeah, her last three marathons have gone from three thirty-seven to three. 16 to 307 in london just been um and during trains with runner and is uh, gets all her friends training runner and is is a super amazing ambassador of the business um but so so much to the point if she keeps uh, getting better she's going to overtake me and that's going to be a a big kick to the ego um so hopefully that will also help push me out the door and uh mean that i um mean that i prioritize my training a little bit more because we can't have that so there we have it that concludes part one of this two-part episode We've just learned all about Ben and how he co-founded his tech company called Runner. In the next episode, we're going to explore how he has done all of this and juggles it alongside an impressive athletic career. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening.